Let's see. Test, test, test. Go ahead. Test. You need me to test too? Yeah. Test, test, test. Okay. One more time. Test, test, test. All right. That should be good. Are you ready to get unbothered, Jordan? Do you even know what unbothered means? (laughs) I think I know what it means, and I'm pretty sure I'm ready. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute, because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Today, we come to you from the all-new... Casa de Bijou, a.k.a. Ty Rivera Studios. Um, today is the first episode I ever did of me talking to somebody through the phone. I had to interview this person through the phone. The name of the guest is Jordan Bench. For those of you who aren't familiar with Jordan Bench, he's a Seattle-based, well, based in the Seattle area, uh, open mic comic, kind of newer, and what happened was he had gotten in some trouble over flashing an audience at an open mic at a club that I performed at called The Spot. And a friend of mine named Brian, who I had met uh, in L.A., was the one who alerted to me, alerted me to this originally. And I at first wasn't interested at all and then decided to talk to Jordan after all just to get his side of it and see where he was coming from since, uh, you know, it turned into a bit of a controversy and I read online the different things people were saying. They had said that he had triggered rape and they were calling him a rapist, that kind of stuff, which I had heard that part and didn't really read it too much as far as that went, but I did read the different people saying different stuff, and I thought people were just going a bit too far in the way they handled it. Like, yeah, I agree that it was a stupid thing to do, but uh, I went into this with kind of no opinion on Jordan because I hadn't met him before, and I try to keep an open mind when it comes to those sorts of things. So you guys will get to hear that, and hopefully you guys enjoy this episode and kind of see what my take is on it. One thing that I will tell you that I respected about Jordan was he didn't blame it on alcohol, even though he did admit he was drunk when it happened. And he also was very careful to not malign anybody or, you know, call anybody any names or he just, I like his take on it as far as the way he's handling it. You guys can check it out. Let me know what you think, either on Facebook, SoundCloud. I'll include links to different stuff on SoundCloud just so you guys can check it out. So if you guys uh, get a chance... I hope you listen to this episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. So as far as background goes, I didn't know what was going on until my friend Brian Granger hit me up, who Brian Granger is a comic that I know from when he was performing in L.A., and now he's in North Carolina. Right, in Wilmington. Yeah, which is, is that where you're from, or did you just do stand-up there for a while? where I'm from, but I went to college there, and that's where I started doing stand-up comedy. Okay, and uh, how long have you been doing comedy? Three and a half years, it'll be four years, uh, like January 6th or 5th or something, I'm not exactly sure of the exact day, but in January it'll be four years. 
Yeah, and then uh, what would you say your experience has been like so far in comedy? What was, what were you like in North Carolina, or what was your kind of reputation? I think it was pretty well received uh, in North Carolina. Um, I would say I definitely push the the you know like the envelope, envelope of kind of being. I don't know if I'm intentionally trying to shock people, but I don't really necessarily hold anything back. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no. Uh, I say a lot of fucked up stuff. I guess is what I'm trying to get at here. Uh huh. And is you, is the fucked up stuff you usually say? Is it usually in regards to race, or is it sexuality, or just in general? Um. Well, I poke at those at those things mostly in Wilmington. It was like religious stuff. I did a lot of religious jokes that were well received. Um, I think they were at least, in my opinion, they were. Um. Yeah, well, like you've been in online controversy now, and once oh, yeah. once you get an online controversy, you hear all sorts of stuff about yourself that you're just like, N- I didn't even know people thought that about me. I don't even, <laughs> I didn't even know you thought that about me. We were friends exactly. when I last saw you, and now all of a sudden you're saying now this. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's always weird to me, and where I it kind of gets blurred, and I don't think a lot of people uh, give enough credit to the way that that all plays out. Like people act like, oh well, I heard he's like this, and it's like, yeah, you heard that, but you heard that from somebody that was really cool with me when we were when we were in the same space or working in the same city, you know? Right. Yeah. And so the, in the the guy that uh, started this. Uh like post on Facebook. I'm not going to give anybody's name because I don't really want to do that. But the guy that started this post on Facebook, which made all these people like comment how much they hate me. He wasn't even there when this incident happened that I guess we're going to go into. Uh, but he wasn't even at the show. And none of these people that are commenting were at the show either. So yeah. And was that the guy, uh, was that a person in Washington or was that a person in Wilmington? He's from Seattle, but he was on the road at the time. Okay, then I think I saw the thread you're talking about. That okay. that thread I think I saw. I wasn't Are able to... Are you going to throw his name out there? Because I'm not going to... Well, I didn't have anything good or bad to say about him. I don't know him. I haven't met him. So, okay. you know, I just... Uh... I don't want to start a whole gossip thing here. Yeah, no, I got sent um, the link to the thread, and then I was like, okay, and so I checked it out, and then I guess, well, I guess we should start by maybe um, letting people know, in your opinion, how things went down, because, like, in a nutshell, just, uh, you went on stage, and you flashed the audience, uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, you can take it from there and give kind of your version of how you think things went or how it went from your... Were you sober? Let's start there. <laughs> no, I was very, very hammered. Okay, so very uh, hammered. So, But were you sober enough to remember how it went down? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, like, blacked out or anything like that. Okay, so um, pick it up. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> Let me give you a quick backstory. I was in Florida recently, and I went to a uh, I went to a thrift shop because the thrift shops in Florida are great because that's where people go to die. So there's like great clothing there. So I went to a thrift shop and I saw this trench coat, and I knew that I was gonna do something stupid as soon as I saw the trench coat. So of course I bought it. I think it was like nine ninety nine, pretty good deal. 
and I took the trench coat back, and my original plan was to make a silent black and white film about a flasher who, like, flashes people in parks. And I wasn't going to actually flash people in the park, but I was going to, like, you know, make a, make a movie about it. Yeah, so kind of shot from behind where they just see your coat opening and they don't know what's right. on the other side, that right. kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. They have a look of shock and awe on their face or whatever. But, uh... <laughs> Then I got this idea for this web series that I'm doing called Donnie and Hank that I created with my friend Reed Clark, where we were going to do, in episode three or four, we were going to do a character who has, like, a fake dick because he lost his dick in some sort of terrible dick accident. (laughs) Um, So I bought a fake dick on the internet. Uh, now, have you thought about what the dick accident would be? Because I don't know. No, I haven't put much thought to what the dick accident actually would be. Okay. I just thought there would be some sort of dick accident. It's a work in progress. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> it's just a, yeah, Exactly. So anyways, um, then kind of to cut forward, I got real drunk, and I was like, I'm going to take this trench coat and this fake dick out to the comedy club. And let me let me back up a little bit. I wasn't real drunk when I had the original thought. I was a couple of beers deep, probably three or four. Okay. And then we went into downtown Seattle, and we went to the open mic. And that was my first mistake. It was an open mic, not a booked show. It would have been a mistake if it was a booked show. But at an open mic, you know, no one knows who I am. No one knows that they're about to see a fake dick in a set of weirdly shaped round small balls with a big tuft of pubes um so that was my first mistake no one knew that they were about to see this yeah now were the pubes real those are my real pubes yeah looks like a brillo pad doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah because this was this because i you know you sent me the uh the video right so and it didn't look like a fake dick. So I know you well, say it's a good fake dick. No? Yeah, I've seen a lot of dick in my life, Jordan. Uh-huh. And that did not look like a fake dick, but I'm going to take your word for it. Fake okay. dick. Prosthetic. Your opinion, your opinion is yours. That's all I'll say on that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Someone call me an expert, Jordan. I've seen a lot of dick in my well, life. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, let me ask you a question then. As a man of the uh, gay persuasion, uh, how did I look? I didn't know they made dildos that small. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I do have a tiny cock. Uh, okay. I have what I would call a tater cock. It looks like an uncooked frozen tater tot. A tater cock, okay. Because <laughs> when you cook them, they expand slightly. Anyways. Um, so, I was... We went to the um, open mic at Laughs Comedy Club in Seattle, and we signed up, and first of all, the owner is the guy who signs everybody up, and I told him my name was Jordan Bench, and he wrote down Gordon Bench, so I was like, all right, go with Gordon. Uh, And then I went to a bar across the street, and I was really nervous to show everyone my fake cock and balls. Mm -hmm. So I got really drunk at the bar across the street. And then I came back to the open mic, and I had taken all my clothes off underneath the trench coat, and I was sitting in the back of the club, and the owner came up to me, and this is another big mistake. This is where I'm, I really fucked up on this one. He came up to me, and he was like, what do you got under that trench coat? 
And I was like, nothing. I'm naked. And he was like, all right, well, I can't let you go up. And I should have listened to him because he owns the club. And what I did was really disrespectful to him and his club. Anyways. Yeah, I know, Dave. I performed at his club before. Uh, I had Yeah, I headlined there um, maybe a year and a half ago, like December of whatever it was, 2016, 15, something like that. How was it uh, in your experience? Oh, I had a great time there, you know. uh, But I also know that Dave is a little more on the conservative side as far as what he likes in comedy. Like when I was there, um, he put up, uh, you know, or maybe what he what he just noticed his audience likes in comedy. Because when I was there, he put up the um, like you know warning explicit material uh, sign. Really. Yeah, so I know he didn't. He didn't ask me not to do any of my bits or anything like that. But he was clear with the audience and had a literally had a sign like so where he, you check in. He put that sign in the green room, or it was for the audience. No, for the audience, like to where oh, okay. you check in. You know where the audience checks in and buys tickets and that kind of stuff. Where the where the, the glass case where the merch is right out right in the front door. Okay. That's where uh, he had a sign up just letting people know that you will hear explicit w- huh. explicit language during the show and that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was my Facebook cover photo for a week or two. <laughs> but yeah, I had a great time there. I, I had a great time there. It was really, um, I had fun. But nice. back to your story. So you've been so told he- that you are not to go on stage and yeah. you're going to do it anyway. Did it ever occur to you to just put your clothes back on and do the mic as a regular clothed comic? Not for a second. No. Um, and I think that... I think for two reasons that never came into my mind. First of all, because I had already said to myself that I was going to do this. And then secondly, I was really fucked up. Okay. So that really never entered my mind. Um, when he told me I couldn't go on stage, my first thought was, okay, I'm just going to leave. And then I was like, well, fuck that. I'm already here. And then this is, another, this is another part where I really fucked up. The host, Skippy Sprinkles, called some other comedian's name, and I just walked faster than that person, and I went up on stage... And I pulled the trench coat up, and I said, there's something I find curious about being nude. And then right after that, Dave punched me in the chest and gave a really nice judo throw onto my head. Yeah, boy, did he throw you. Yeah, he really did throw you. He's got some strength, man. I, I didn't know he had that in him. Man. You know, I wouldn't have expected that from Dave. I, Like I said, I've worked his club, so I've been around him a bit, and I just didn't know that was in him. I think he was really angry, but he threw me from, like, the front of the stage to, like, the wall behind him, which is probably, like, a good 8, 10 feet. Yeah, he really threw you. Uh, we got to see the side of your bare ass when he threw you, too. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, you could see the side of your ass. Huh. Well, how was that? That actually was decent. Yeah, a lot awesome. more, a lot more impressive than than the prosthetic you had. So, <laughs> well, can I say that the prosthetic was a little nervous? 
Well, you know, it's not sounding so prosthetic anymore. <laughs> I mean, a little, a little fake. A little fake. Prosthetics don't get nervous. <laughs> I really did buy a fake cock. I'm just fucking around. But believe what you want. Everyone in, the, everyone in Seattle thinks that I'm lying anyway. So. Well, yeah, I saw that all over the thread that people didn't believe that it was a fake dick. And I didn't say that based off of what they, they said. You know, I told you that when we were texting back and forth on, what was right. that, Friday? Um, Thursday or Friday. Yeah, I remember we were texting back and forth, but I've been traveling a lot, like back and forth to Phoenix, picking up my stuff and, or, yeah, L.A. to Phoenix, picking up my stuff. And so it's been... I don't remember what day's what, you know, I just remember I saw it. And, uh, well, Brian had hit me up and alerted me to it, and then I checked it out, and, yeah, I read the comments. You know, but it wasn't quite as bad as what I was expecting. See, because I didn't see, maybe it's on the Wilmington post, but I didn't see where they were talking about the the, uh, triggering rape, uh, or you know what I mean, like that kind of thing. Because yeah, a lot of people are calling me like a rapist, and I mean, I understand that. I guess I offended and like appalled a lot of people, and I am really sorry to those people. That's not my intention, but I don't think I like raped anybody. You know what I mean? No, I feel the same way about it. Like, yeah, it, it, like as far as I go, because I'm I'm kind of torn on my opinion altogether about it. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, because usually I'll look at something or I'll hear something and I'll, you know, read a thread or whatever, and I'll make an opinion and be like, OK, this is where I'm at on it. On this one, I don't really know where I am. And it's because, like, I remember a couple years back, well, several years back, like, Margaret Cho would do this thing where she would expose her breast during her show. And then, okay. uh, you know, Roseanne also did it once or twice where she exposed her breast. And I don't remember that being a huge deal. You know, I remember people being like, I didn't really want to see their tits, but I don't remember it being a big like, you know, oh, this is. But a co- when this was all I going see on, how that's different, though. Yeah, well, you know, a dick is considered a different thing, but I have my opinions on that, too. Like, when it comes to dick, I have opinions on that because I feel like with everybody acting like things are supposed to be somewhat or equal or whatever, I don't really understand why a dick is considered such an offensive thing. Like, if we're talking about the human body just being the human body and something natural and not necessarily something to be ashamed of, then I don't know why a dick gets an automatic NC-17 rating and if you have a woman's breast, then that's considered just, you know, it's PG you can 13. even get a PG. Yeah, you can get a PG-13 with breast. Titanic. Got titties in that. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that people should just run around getting naked or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if we're all about not body shaming people, I don't really know why. And also it's for my own selfish reasons, because sometimes looking at a little bit of dick might help a movie here and there. <laughs> I would have to agree, Ty. You know, there's some pretty terrible movies out there, and it's just like, oh, at least the leading man showed his dick, and that was hot, so <laughs> I can I can put up with this, you know? But, yeah. yeah, but whatever with that. I guess we could argue that with other people all day long, you know, and they'll still mm-hmm. feel the way they feel. So I'm not here to, like, try to talk anybody out of their feelings as far as dick goes no, or whatever. I don't, don't want to do that either. I know yeah. people are offended, and I, and I am really sorry for that. Um the way it played out is I just meant it to be funny and then I got way too drunk and to probably 
I'd say 90% of the people in the room, it wasn't funny at all. So for that, I apologize. And also, I did not know that in the state of Washington, if there's nudity in your bar, you can lose your uh, liquor license. So I feel really bad about that as well. That might be almost everywhere, though. Oh, really? Yeah, because I know that uh, I've had several stripper friends in my life, female, um, but I know that when they do the fully nude, they're not allowed to have alcohol. At the establishment? Yeah, yeah, they they have to, even Vegas was like that, I believe. Really? Yeah, except for maybe Paladinos, and they might have been grandfathered in because they were like North Las Vegas and had been there forever. But like, Must be um, great to grandfather in some full nudes. Yeah, so they could have alcohol in the full nude. But like, you know, a lot of places I know of, the guys will bring in the little airplane liquor bottles, you know? Huh. And so they'll just order Cokes, and Cokes are super expensive at the nudie bar. And they'll spike their own drinks so that they can, you know, have drinks while they look at naked chicks. (laughs) Yeah, bro. Why not? Yeah, because who really wants to look at naked people sober? That's the other. Not me. (laughs) You know, it's so much better. You can be so much more forgiving when you're actually a little bit drunk, you know? Cellulite's not (laughs) really a problem. Body flaws? Yes, yeah, saggy tits. Who cares? <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> saggy tits, hanky pair of balls. Yeah. Off the fur for pubes. Yeah, it's whatever it fucking. is, all the way. It's just, you know. But yeah, so you offend a lot of people. And uh, like on the one, I, but on that thread, was it on that thread and I just missed it? Did I block it out mentally that they were talking about like they considered you a rapist or, uh, you know, you triggered well, feelings? I think we're thinking about the same thread, and yes, there were people saying that. I don't know if on the thread we're talking about that they were actually saying the word rapist. Mm-hmm. People were definitely saying that it was, like, sexual assault, and they want to see me arrested and go to prison and, like, be on some sexual offender list. Which, if that's their opinion, I don't want that to happen to me, honestly. But if they're... I'm, I have very mixed feelings on that, because most of these people were not there, first of all. Yeah. Secondly, I don't want to go to prison. Uh, thirdly, I have no third point. Well, that's where you, where they completely lose me. And that, to me, that's another case of people just going too far. Because I get it if you're offended. I get it if you say you don't want to see that. I get it if you think that that doesn't have its place in comedy. All of that I get, you know. But at the same time... To act like it's such a violation and you're now a rapist. And I saw the clip you sent me before you got yanked, and it didn't look like you were... No pun intended. Uh, It didn't look... (laughs) (laughs) It didn't look like you were even going in a sexual direction. It really did look like silly naked man shit. That was my intention, yeah. I wasn't, like, getting any sexual gratification from it. Yeah, I didn't have that feeling. We're getting a little bit of static. I don't know why. A little bit of static, you said? Yeah, I I don't know if you can hear it, but there's a bit of static. Huh. Give me just a second to figure this out. I'll be able to I'll be able to edit it out so it's not a problem, but I'm just trying to figure out what's going on really quickly. All right. So where were we? 
Oh yeah. Um, I just don't. I just gratification of it. Yeah, it looked like it was just silly naked man stuff. Like I, like, I get all of the stuff people were saying, and when it comes to liquor license, that's where I don't fuck around, and that's where I would say, like you know, you really need to think about what you're doing as far as that goes, because I'm not yeah, a fan of really anything bad. that could possibly make the club lose its license. Like that's yeah. where I do get like, nah, that's not that's not okay. But I when, do feel really bad about that. But like I said, I had no idea. Dave did come up to me and tell me not to go on stage. I don't remember him saying that it could get their liquor license yanked. Um, he may have said that. I do not remember him saying that. And there was a police report filed, correct? The police were called. I don't know if there was a file or a, a report filed. I'm not entirely sure on that. I checked the other day if there's any warrants out on me, and I don't think there are. That was a big sigh of relief. Did you call the police station, no, or how I, does that get handled? I, I just use this, uh, I, I don't remember what the website's called. It's like uh, files or some shit. I don't remember what it's called. But anyways, you can look up anyone's, it's like a background check website, basically. Mm-hmm. And they can tell you if there's warrants out on someone or so on and so forth. And who shot the, the video that I saw? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, I was there with two other people, and I also wanted to say this, so it's a good thing you asked me that. I was there with my friend, uh, Eden Nault, who's a hilarious homeless comedian in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been living on my couch for like a week. Uh, he had nothing to do with what I did. People are getting mad at him as well. He had nothing to do with it. I can promise you that. He was just there. He was in the car that drove me down there, and he had no part of it. And also... He was just exonerated from a rape allegation. A girl said that he raped her, and then she recently just said that she made the whole thing up, so... Free at last, free at last. But uh, anyways, I was also there with Meredith Armstrong, who's a friend of mine. Yeah, now he's running around with your rapey ass. He doesn't learn. <laughs> <laughs> this this Eden, he may have been innocent, but he's, he's keeping bad company, I'll tell you that. I guess, <laughs> I guess you could say that. But then there was also Meredith Armstrong there, um, and she didn't know what I was going to do either. But I think one of them must have taken the video. I don't know. But like I said, I... How'd I you end up with them, it? Like, Did somebody text it to you, or what What happened that you... It was on went... my phone. I handed my phone to somebody. Oh, okay, okay. That makes so much more sense now. I thought you were saying you didn't know who, who recorded it, but somehow it got to you, you know? No, I was no, like, no. I handed my phone to, I'm thinking either one of those two, but I was just like, record this. I didn't, I wasn't like, I'm going to pull my balls out. And let me ask you this really quick, because this is something that's kind of bothered me about this. Why did you not post it online and go viral, even if you, you know, block out your penis? Or well, the prosthetic. I have a quick answer for that one. Um, I thought there was a warrant out for my arrest, and I didn't want to put out too much evidence. That uh, makes sense now. That might that might happen soon. What you just said, I might post it soon. 
Yeah, you know, it would just seem that... Because I think, taken out of context, it sounds terrible. But once right. I saw it, I, like, I was, like I said, it's silly naked man shit, and it's been happening forever, and people can argue whether or not, whatever, whatever. But as far as it being done in a sexual way or in a pervy way, that's not what I considered it. I don't know where you were going. Where were you going with that bit? What were you going to say next? I you- was just going to go into... Um, I have, like, this probably four or five minute bit about how like I'm a money maker and an entrepreneur and then I say all these like basically stupid retarded ideas of how I make money and I was just going to go into that so I was just going to go into like a normal set that I regularly do only my balls and a fake dick would be hanging out yeah well pretty bad idea right yeah, well, it was a terrible idea, especially <laughs> put in the context of an open mic, and you know. Yeah, that was the stupidest. Yeah, that's very dumb. I guess the difference between you and kind of Margaret Cho and Roseanne, also in that way, besides the fact that they just showed breast and you showed your uh, uh, prosthetic. Uh, gave people the idea that they were looking at a penis also would be that those people, their crowds come out to see them specifically. So whatever they do is whatever they decide to do. Where you right. were performing in an open mic and when it no comes to open mic, yeah, it's like nobody came out to see you. They were just had their, had your nudity thrust upon them. <laughs> Indeed. Have you tried speaking with that comic one-to-one, the one that had the thread? No. Okay. I, did you guys have a bad? Oh no! Uh, on the if it's the same one he posted, I've never met this comic before. Or apparently, a comic I've never seen or met before by the name of Jordan Bench. And yeah, did he tag I've you in him. that? I've met him. Mul- no, he didn't tag me, but I've met him multiple times. Okay. Had conversations with him. Uh, so. Was he friendly with you? Um, not overly. He's got a little bit of an air to him, like he's better than everyone. But I don't know. Yeah, no, I haven't. I don't, I haven't met him, and I don't. I know we have a lot of mutual friends on Facebook, but I have a lot of mutual friends with pretty much any comic on Facebook. A lot of times when I read people's comments, I'll look at their page, and if it's like we have 20-some friends in common, I'm like, yeah, you're not shit. Um, <laughs> well, you know. Be like 100? At least. I mean, like, uh-huh. really, the people that are really out there, actual working comics and doing stuff, I usually have, like, two to 300 friends with them. Sometimes as many as 400 mutual friends. So, you know, when people, like, are telling me they're a comic and then I click on their page and we have 30 friends in in common, I'm like, yeah, I'm not paying attention to you anymore. I'm kind of snotty like that. I guess I have an air about me. You know, maybe me and this guy will get along great. You might be great friends. Yeah, Yeah, we might. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to, like, gossip about this dude and... It's my fault. I did something incredibly stupid that I thought was going to be funny. And then he heard it from a second party and he posted about it. I can't really fault him for that. But um, I don't know. Just the fact that he wasn't there is 
Yeah, well, when somebody's not there and also the kind of mob mentality that's going to go with that, I can understand how that would, like, even if you don't blame him or you're not mad at him, really, I could still understand how you'd be like, yeah, I didn't really appreciate that. Like, you know, I didn't... And different people have different amounts of... Uh, it looked like he had a lot of people on the scene paying attention to him. So yeah, I believe there was like two... 250 some comments yeah i just looked through the comments uh, a few minutes ago i saw a lot of people well not a lot i saw a few friends on there you know fellow comics that i was like oh cool they're you know (laughs) but what was their opinion they think I'm retarded? No. Um, one person that I saw was my friend Jen Schneider or Jen Snyder. Oh, I know Jen. I know Jen. Yeah, and she uh, was pretty level-headed about it and just like, you know, he, he might need a little bit of guidance when we're newer comics. It's And you are a newer comic. I know oh, like definitely. four years definitely. probably feels like longer than, but in, in comic time, that's baby years, you know? Right. So, um, How long have you been... Uh, Fourteen, and I still consider myself a baby in a lot of ways. Like, you know, I perform at the Comedy and Magic Club quite a bit, which, if you're not familiar, it's a really great club in Hermosa. And, uh, in Los Angeles? Yeah, Hermosa Beach. And it's a really great club. When you're there, you're surrounded by people that have, like, Tonight Show credits and, you know, have had sitcoms and, like, you know, one night you'll be introducing, because all the shows are done piggyback, there's not a, a host. And so one comic just introduces the next. Right. And so on any given night, you can be introducing like John Lovitz, Paul Reiser, Daniel Tosh was there the last time I was there. That's Daniel Tosh's home club. Jay Leno performs there every Sunday. He or oh, wow. he did until uh, you know more recently he's taken some time off uh, here and there. But you I don't know. know why he was the name I said oh wow on I guess because he's well Jay Leno know. is an actual you know what I mean like people try to talk shit about him and they have their feelings about the way that whole Conan situation played out and stuff but as far as just comedy and years in the business and being actual comics you can't really talk shit about Jay Leno that's what no, kills me about some of these newer kids he's when a real professional. Yeah, when they'll really try to take down some of the big ones, it's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You can say you don't like them. I mean, that I fully respect if you're like, I just don't like their comedy or I don't care for what they do. I feel that way about some comics that are really big. But you have to respect the amount of years, the amount of success, the the way they've been able to hold the public's attention in certain ways. Like, that's something I think you just have to respect on a professional level, even if you're not into what they do. Hmm. You know, like Jim Carrey, I've never particularly been a fan of his comedy. Like some really? of the stuff, no, I haven't. I I wasn't like a huge Ace Ventura fan when everybody was going crazy about that. I wasn't going crazy about I that. Love that movie. The Mask I thought was fun. You know, I did like The Mask. And I know that a lot of people loved, uh, you know, Ace Ventura. Just for me, it was cool. It was all right. But it wasn't particularly great for me. And Have I just, you seen his stand-up special? From when? Like 91, I would say. No. See, when I was a kid, I really loved stand-up, and I remember watching Jim Carrey come up, but, uh, you know, just through, like, the different shows he did on TV. And I remember he would just find excuses to throw himself around and make faces, basically. that's that's what he does in the special, but I, I thought it was funny, but whatever. 
Yeah, I'm just not a fan. But that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, like, I'm personally not a fan of it, but it's not like I would ever be like, Jim Carrey is shit. Clearly, he's not. And it's like, what are you talking about? Clearly, a lot of people like him. A lot of people are fans of what he what he does. So you just sound stupid when you make it seem like your opinion is everybody's opinion. And that's what yeah, I noticed I a lot of people that. doing with, like, Jay Leno and stuff like that. It's like, and plus, you don't know, or and I don't mean you, of course. I mean the general you. You don't know what really went down behind the scenes between Jay Leno and Conan. Conan hasn't really talked about it openly, like, as far as, like, the full story. And there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes in the industry that a lot of people don't even understand happens or the way it happens. You know, you only have to be in L.A. for a short while and, well, a lot of these losers will never see that side. But you only, <laughs> you only have to, like, you know, do a couple of things to be like, oh, so this is kind of the behind-the-scenes story where you nobody will ever know that this went down like this. You know, like, I personally have had situations happen like that where I'm like, I'm like, yeah, nobody will ever know the way this went down and I'm not really at liberty to talk about it, you know, and... It's interesting. Make you sign something or something, or sometimes it's just smarter not to. You know, like you don't want to get that reputation of just saying things that don't. A lot of times, those things don't even matter. You know, like it. it, I guess it matters if you want to be that guy that just gets a quick, you know, social media pop or something like that. Off of saying something that might sound disparaging, but in a lot of cases, it's or like sending a picture or a, a video of you flashing your uh, balls out there. Well, see that something I think like is kind of different because the fact that it goes viral or might go viral—who knows what the way things do and don't go viral these days? But um, if if you were doing it just to go viral, that would be one thing. But the fact that so many people are making it seem like something that it really doesn't come off as if they were to actually see it, I think in that case, it's almost a case of clearing your name. Huh. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, you can hate me if you want to, and you can say you didn't think it was appropriate even after you see it. But if you look at it, it's not like I'm doing it in a sexual context you know, it wasn't an erect penis. Now, an erect penis, I would be like, you know, wait a second, what kind of show is <laughs> That's this? A little much. Yeah, what kind of show is this? You know, like, and yeah. apparently, like to me at that point, it would be obvious that this was meant to be something sexual. Right. But like jerking off in the front row. Yeah, a flaccid prosthetic. Well, you know, then it's a whole different show, and suddenly I'm back on board again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fickle when it comes to these things. It's like, I'm in and out. Let's <laughs> put a show together, me and you. Yeah, you can open for me. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I agree with everybody that, it, like, the people that were saying that was it was a dumb thing. But I, I don't really see a reason to be angry with you because I think you know that it was a dumb thing. And I, I, do, I do know it was, it was dumb. And I feel really bad for Dave and his wife, I believe, is, his co- is the co-owner of the club. I feel really bad for them just because I put their business in jeopardy. Have and you called and apologized to them? I sent him um, a very long message on Facebook Messenger 
mm-hmm. apologizing, and I said, I know you don't ever want me at the club again, so I'm not going to show up there to apologize to you, but if you want me to call you, I will call you and apologize sincerely, and I'll talk to all your business partners, too, um, and he never got back to me, and I sent that like three or four days ago, so I think he just doesn't want anything to do with me. Yeah, well, you know, in situations like that, I tell my friends, um, and you seem like a nice enough guy, so I'll talk to you like one of my friends. Uh, In situations like that, I usually tell my friends, if you've already made an honest effort to apologize to the person and let them know where where you were coming from, and the fact that you know where you were coming from is no excuse for your behavior, but you just outright, you just apologize for it. Mm -hmm. there's nothing else you can do. You know, at that point it is in their hands and it's, you've done what you can do. You know, I mean, like, I think it's a really big thing for when a person one admits that they're wrong and is willing to actually say it to the person that the wrong was done to. So, you know, I mean, like, it's like, how much can you beat yourself up over a dumb decision that you made when you were drunk? And maybe, you know, you need to think about this in the way of, is your drinking kind of a problem? And I'm not saying that it is or it has to be, but, you know, like... Well, it's a valid question. Yeah, if you're making decisions like that, you know, you kind of have to ask yourself what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But, you know... And you know, that's for you to decide. I'm not even saying that, that it means that that's what it is. You know, I'm just saying that that's, there's certain things that, in my opinion, you should take into account just for your own personal growth. Because after you've apologized, the way I look at things, because I fucked up before, too. I've never gotten naked anywhere that I wasn't supposed to. But I've definitely made mistakes, and some of them have involved alcohol, um, you know, I can't always blame alcohol for mistakes that I've made, but some of the mistakes I, I've made did involve alcohol. And I had to right. take a little bit of inventory and be like, okay, is my drinking a problem? Am I a person that I don't necessarily want to be when I'm drinking? Um, you know, like those kinds of things. I think, right. you know, if you consider those things just for your own personal growth after you've already apologized to the other person, then it's like, what else can you do? Can you, are you going to beat yourself up for the rest of your life? Are you going to start buying into what people are saying? And maybe I am a rapist type thinking. It's like, no, I know that that's not where I was coming from. So if I'm clear about that part, if you're clear about that part in your head that that's not where you were coming from, then I think everything else is just a matter of you personally having to figure out kind of what the logic was, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, hey, I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I mean, I see, but I mean, like, you know. I've seen more, like people make worse mistakes, and you can do much worse with your words than you can do by just showing your body like that. <laughs> I guess so. But also to back you up a little bit, I don't want to blame it on alcohol because yes, I was drunk, but I decided to do it before I was drunk. So I don't want to make like me being drunk an excuse. Yeah, you just got drunk so you could go through with it. <laughs> right. Exa- exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, that makes sense, and I get that, and I'm not saying like I said. I'm not, I, I've never met you in real life before, you know, and I, you could be a completely different person in real life, but as far as what I'm talking to, what I'm hearing right now, you don't sound like a particularly unreasonable or 
even obstinate person, you know? You just sound like a person that made a dumb decision and you drank a little bit so you'd go through with it and then you realized you fucked up and, you know, basically you got your ass kicked on stage was what happened, you know? I mean, like, the way he threw <laughs> you across that stage. So, in a way, I take that into account, too, and I'm like, yeah, that kind of cancels each other out in a way. Like, yeah, he did a dumb thing, but he got his ass kicked for it, too. So, at what point do we stop punishing people for what comes down to a dumb decision? I did take a quite, uh, pretty good beating there. Yeah, and Dave um, made a good showing for himself as far as that goes. I mean, like, that's the other way that releasing the clip might end up helping is people will be like, okay, and I know not to fuck around and laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Somebody said that he... Somebody said he carried you out of, sta- off the, out of the show. Is that... or out no, of the- that was just someone being... First of all, that was another person that wasn't... Well, maybe that person was there, because I know the comment you're talking about. Um, yeah. But I think they were just being, like sarcastic he didn't carry me over his head yeah i read that and i was like what did he do pick him up again (laughs) 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 might be some anger issues going on at that point you know like jeez but he just basically pulled me out by like the collar of my trench coat yeah he treated you like you what you were a kid you know what i mean like it's a dumb kid thing to do really so i mean like i guess i i I guess every older man has that inside of him, or almost oh, every old older. Oh, strength is a real thing. Yeah, and the, the you know, because, well, I think a part of the reason old man strength is what it is is because they do see you as a, as a kid, so they don't really respect that anything else could happen. <laughs> so it gives them a certain kind of strength, you know what I mean? Like, I feel right. that way with my nephews. Like, I've known them since they were you babies. Beat the fuck out of them? Well, no, I mean, but I don't feel any fear when I'm, uh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. You know, it's always like, yeah, you're a baby. If I wanted to, I'd spank you, you know, and they're <laughs> already in their 20s, but I still feel like, you know, they're kids. Right. So, elder. yeah, and so I think there's part of that when it comes to the old man strength is the fact that they completely, in that way, don't respect you, <laughs> you know? It's just like, right. And also, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty small light dude i only weigh like 125 so 125 how tall are you five seven. Oh, okay yeah well we're in the same range i'm like um 130 usually 126 is the lowest i'll get down to but i stay around around 130 and i'm 5'8. eight nice you and me put together is almost a full-grown man almost almost but, yeah, well, uh, what, is there anything else you wanted to say in regards to that particular? Um, what, about, what about your North Car- your Wilmington friends? Did they seem to, for the most part, have your back, or did they do what I kind of well, referred to in the beginning? Brian Granger, who is the mutual friend of uh, yours and mine, was obviously on my side because he set this whole thing up. Um, from what I've heard... Wilmington is like a 50-50 split on people calling me a rapist and people thinking that it's not that big of a deal and it's kind of funny. And, you know, Patrice O'Neill said that the audience should be 50% appalled and 50% with you. So they're not the audience, but they're on the other side of the country, so that's something. Yeah, they're, um, by Patrice's logic, you're doing well. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you know, like, uh, 
I wouldn't even worry too much about that. I, like Brian Granger is such a great guy. Like I, I think he's so hilarious. Yeah. But I haven't have seen. Have you ever him. had him on your podcast, by the way? No, I have not. And okay. um, you are. You have the honor of being the first one that I've ever done through the phone. Through what now? Through the phone. Oh shit. Yeah. Every other one that I've done where I've had a guest, because a lot of them I do by myself, and then um, when I've had a guest, any other time I've had a guest, I've just had them over to my place. Hmm. And so this one, I actually had to figure this out, Jordan. This is me learning some stuff. Sorry to make you work harder than you normally do. You know, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm such a procrastinator. I didn't even realize what I or like figure out what I had to do until two this morning. (laughs) I totally believe you. Yeah, (laughs) it was like 2 a.m. And I was like, let me figure out what I've got to do to make this happen. But, you know, it's technology and it's only going to be so expensive to figure something like this out anyway. And it turned out that I had the kind of cords that I needed and that kind of stuff here at my place. So I didn't know I had them. I just I I stumbled upon it by accident all of a sudden. I was like, hey, I was told to look for one of these and I was getting ready to go to Best Buy and it was going to cost four dollars and ninety nine cents was all it was going to cost to do it if I went to Best Buy. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. You know, as a person that's been at the center of a lot of controversy, and a lot of people feel different ways about me, um, but what I'll tell you is the people that really matter, if you really, I don't know how serious you are about stand-up, but if you seriously plan to just be in stand-up, the people that really matter are going to forget about this, and the people that hold on to it and turn it into a bunch of stuff that it doesn't have to be, those people tend to be hobbyists usually anyway, at best, if they're even comics. Hmm. That's been a lot of my experience. Like, a lot of the people that have really, like, railed against me for certain things I've said, they aren't active. Like, the, uh, in a, what bothers me is in a lot of cases, these people are people that did a couple of open mics, and then they quit comedy, and they still identify as comics right. online. Right. And it's like, no, you don't go up. You don't do anything, but you're trying to say what comics should and shouldn't be doing. Those are the people that, in my opinion, I think that almost every scene eventually, which it hasn't happened yet, but I do think it's going to come, every scene is going to start to purge those people because those people are more harm. Those people need to be talking to therapists instead of on Facebook threads. A lot of people need to be talking to therapists instead of on Facebook. Yeah, well, I'm not fucking one of them, all right, Jordan? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not too sure. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was a response and I just end it right there? <laughs> Click. <laughs> I just got mad out of nowhere. <laughs> and then I edit all the worst parts together. <laughs> Which, just so you know about that, I do very little editing. The only time I ever edit anything is if there's a part where we just, like that shit with the fucking, where I was hearing the buzzing, the crackling, that'll be edited out. Are you going to have to take that out completely, or that's, uh, I don't really know what you do. Well, we weren't we weren't talking about it because I let you know right away, so we weren't talking about anything. So that, like, dead space where I was just like, let me, you know, that part, I'll get rid of that. And then... But I won't get rid of this part, and people will be like, oh, there must have been a technical difficulty. And then I'm hey, like, and there's, there's the mystery. There's the mystery right there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Botherinas. Beautiful mystery. Yeah. And uh, well, hey, let me, uh, have you ever had Brian? 
I guess you said I'm the first one to ever be on, on the phone, but have you ever had Brian Granger on the podcast? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I will have him now that this okay, is an option. definitely should, because he was on my friend Reed Clark's podcast, uh, Ear Funk with Reed Clark. That was a nice plug. Uh, and it was like, Brian Granger is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. Ear Funk with Reed Clark. Yes. I'll listen to Ear Funk with Reed Clark. Where is that listen available? iTunes, Granger SoundCloud? I'll send it to you on Facebook. Let's say that. That works. I'll post it in the comments for anybody Where? or in the um, in the description for this on SoundCloud for anybody that wants to know or wants nice. to check it out. Ear Funk by... What was his name? Reed Clark. Reed Clark. Okay. Yeah. Send it to me because I, I love Brian Granger. We used to do a show uh, or a mic together where it's... Uh, it was at a place called the Bliss Cafe in Hollywood on Fountain and Vine. That room was notoriously tough. Just because it was all comics and nobody gave a fuck. Oh, okay. And Brian was one of the guys that was that was able to get responses from, you know, those comics in a lot of cases and we and it like we weren't a supportive room. <laughs> it just was you know, it just wasn't. Isn't that, isn't that often the case, though? You know, now that's what I don't like about a lot. Like in LA, it's the alt scene, and I have friends on the alt scene, so I'm not trying to go in hard on them or anything. This is just the reality of it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the alt scene rooms are a bunch of kids that are all friends with each other and they laugh at each other's stuff, and then they go on the road and. They eat it, and then they blame the audience. And it's like, no, you've been performing for nothing but your friends that have been laughing at stuff that isn't funny. And now that you're in front of real people, you're finding out that your friends have basically been lying to you to save your feelings. You know, that's why, like, a lot of these alt-scene comics, they'll post on Facebook, going on tour, got, got a tour lined up, and they'll post a bunch of dates, and, you know, and it'll be legit stuff that they're, well, legit as far as, like, you know, they set up a bunch of coffee houses and little dive right. bars, which I fully respect those kind of tours. I'm not trying to talk shit about that, because some people have done some really amazing things on those tours, but they'll they'll talk about this. And then you'll never see pictures from the actual shows. And you'll also. Yeah, and you'll also never see, like, uh, you know, them talk about it again. Like, they won't even reference it after they come back. It won't be like, it was an amazing time. It was just like, you know, they pretend like it didn't happen. It's like, yeah. And a lot of LA comics have started to put it together. I just leave it alone because that's their business. Well, if people want to, they can hear it on my podcast, you know, but like. Uh, I just leave it alone, but I've been noticing forever that it's like, why do we never hear about these after you do them? Because hmm. I'll post that I'm going to be doing shows, and then you'll see a bunch of pictures of me, like, you know, hugged up with people. So, <laughs> the entire audience at once, a group hug. Yeah, well, you know, that's one thing. I'm not known for running around eating shit. So, when I actually do something especially something that i'm promoting like this is coming up you'll see a bunch of stuff where i'm like yeah these were the people that came out and it's just because they want to take pictures and i tell them to tag me or whatever just so i can see what i came out like and then if i don't like the picture i'll untag it speaking of you being legit and not eating shit all over the place i just saw this morning that you got into the san francisco uh comedy competition 
Thank you. Yes, that you and did, dude, congratulations. That's fucking awesome. I appreciate that, and I did. I don't usually like those kind of sappy posts. You know, that's why I apologized in did the beginning for it. I real. I didn't cry, but I really did. You know, when you get that feeling, like. Almost like you're about to cry, <laughs> like that kind of like <laughs> it's welling up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to talk to yourself, like you don't, <laughs> don't. Uh-huh. You just got accepted, like you know. Wait until you actually do something before you feel anything that deep. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, and I always like everything I said on that post is a hundred percent the way I feel. Like I always wanted to do it. And then some years I just wasn't able to do it because I was on the road and it was like, I can't take, cause I know that it takes like pretty much the full month if you progress, you know? Uh-huh. And so and you didn't even apply those years or you got in. No, I didn't. I didn't even. Cause uh, like there were times when I've been on the road so much, it's like, I'm not going to clear off dates. I already have booked, but mm-hmm. this year I was just like, you know, I have decided to kind of slow down or had decided to, uh, kind of slow down on the road a bit. And then I just had so much stuff going that I was working on. And I knew that, you know, some of the stuff that I was doing a little bit earlier in the year was going to be able to keep me all right for, you know, a couple of months where it's like I can kind of take some time off. And then I was just like, yeah, this this year it can actually work. Nice. That's and, fucking awesome. You know, and it's not like I'm making so much money that I'm just going to be floating on easy street the whole time. But, you know, it's. Like I can. What part of San Francisco is Easy Street? It's not in the Tenderloin. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> is that where you're? Is that where you're probably going to be? The Tenderloin? No, I I have a good friend in San Leandro, or that uh, lives in San Leandro, which is right next to Oakland. Oh, okay. And so, and the San Francisco comedy competition, it's like all over the Bay Area. So sometimes you'll be doing long drives and doing more like kind of the rural surrounding area kind of gigs. So it it doesn't all happen like in San Francisco, the city, you know, proper. So which for me, that's what I love anyway, is performing for those audiences. So, you know, I'm on the road a lot um, doing, you know. Like smaller towns, or yeah, I'm, I I talk about it in my act. Like I perform in redneck clubs in a lot of cases. That's where I'm at. You know, when it comes to San Francisco itself, I have a great time when I am performing there. I did when I first started doing San Francisco. I and I'm very open about this too. It took me a little bit to figure them out. There was one time where I completely cleared the room, <laughs> and it was in the. Um, in the Castro, if you're not familiar, that's the gay area. I've heard of it. Yeah, so I was right in the Castro. And, uh, you know, I do a bit about it now, but, like, the way it worked out was I just made the mistake because I had been performing in redneck clubs for so long by the time that I first started doing uh, San Francisco or was first asked to do the Castro. A friend of mine, Ron Vi, booked me. And I had done it, like, you know, a couple... uh, times before through my friend Marga Gomez, but my friend Marga Gomez, she's like a kind of an LGBT legend as far as uh, stand-up comedy and uh, one-man show or one-person show goes, you know? What's her name again? Marga Gomez is her name. If you want to, like, Google her, check her out. She's 
Latina. She's a lesbian. She did comic relief back in the day, and she's you know still selling out. Like uh, you know her one her one person shows sell out all the time, and uh, she's always getting booked to do different stuff. She's more like on that level than so she. Was she on comic relief with like Billy Crystal and yes, yes, and yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. back when it was you know the deal (laughs) and uh and but she's like you know uh, and as far as san francisco goes especially like those people have her on everything and uh so she used to give me these really great when i first started doing san francisco she would give me these really great intros because it was a show that she ran and it was at a place called harvey's in the castro then um, my friend Ron Vi took it over, and Ron Vi um, is a fag <laughs> <laughs> like me. How and, dare you? And he had more of a like you know ah here you go type uh, you know delivery like when he would put you out there, and uh, and so it was like an adjustment for me because I made the mistake because I had done it a couple of times through Marga and felt like hot shit, and then Ron brought me up, and so uh, you know I Here's I Riviera. yeah, and it was kind of like you know there you go, <laughs> and so. Um, <laughs> And I just made the mistake of being a little too familiar with them, even though I didn't know them, you know, and I talked to them sort of like my friends and it was very offensive to them because the way I talk to my friends isn't for everybody. (laughs) And it cleared out at least, no exaggeration, 85% of the room. How many people were in the room? Oh, it was packed. It was probably like, like what, 150? Okay. It was probably like 100, 150. Um, it was, it's a small um, restaurant so like bar. So like out of there. Oh, yeah. And they all got up at around the same time. Huh. Yeah, they all got up and, and got out at around the same time. They all just, like, you just mass exodus. <laughs> well, I remember one Asian woman yelling out, I'm offended. And, uh, and I wasn't nice about it at all. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you gave it right back to her? Yeah, as soon as she was offended, I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, and, but, you know, again, one of those situations. Me and Ron, like, at the time, he wasn't even mad at me, even though it was his room, and I did clear it out, and it was a paid show. It didn't become a deal between us. And he's one of my best friends in comedy. Like, you know, he's one of the few gay comics that I really, really hang out with. On the other hand, there's another comic uh, who shall remain nameless. And not because I say so, but because his comedy is horrible. Um, (laughs) But he, I remember him being like really angry about it and having feelings about what I did and what I said and how offensive I was and whatever else. And now he's never around. Like he doesn't even really do mics anymore. It's like a perfect example of what I was telling you about when the people that matter will just one day, even if they're upset at the moment, they'll one day forgive about it. And the people that don't matter will stay bitter, but they'll also not be doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's a very solid advice. I also just don't, really understand a person that calls himself a comedian getting offended by someone's comedy. 
No, I'm with you on that too. You know, I mean, like I see stuff that I don't like. I see stuff that isn't for right. me, and I see stuff that I don't agree with. But I'm not offended. I'm just uh-huh. like, yeah, that's not for me. I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot of dabblers. You got to remember, right now, comedy is experiencing a boom. So with that, that boom true. comes a bunch of dabblers. You know, they watched Bill Burr a couple of times. Like, that's the other people that get on my nerves, the people that have the nerve to say that, like, they're a fan of Bill Burr or Louis C.K. Or I had one lady get mad at me online, and she was like, I remember when comics were non-offensive, like George Carlin. And I was like, George Carlin? (laughs) Yeah, this is literally, I mean, like, there's witnesses to that thread. And when that bitch said that, I was like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about right now. George Carlin? Non-offensive? He's one of the first offensive. Yeah, I mean, like, he had the fucking however many words you can't say. Right, the seven words, I think. Was it seven? I believe Hmm. it's seven. That's God's number. It would make sense. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why the network's chosen. Yeah, it might have been. They're like, seven. Seven you can't say. Why seven? Because it's God's number. Now just (laughs) find another fucking word, asshole. (laughs) You can say asshole. That's not on the list. Yeah, Yeah, they were stuck on six (laughs) when they had that argument. He was like, it's going to be seven. (laughs) But yeah. No, Jordan. uh, You know, I, uh, I know you already apologized. Is there any other way you want to say it that you feel like is any more clear or anything else you want to say just as far as to the comics listening, Dave, whoever you want to say it to? I'll say this. Uh, Dave, I am really sorry. Angela, I believe this is his wife's name. I am really sorry that I put your guys' business in jeopardy. I should have listened to Dave when he told me not to go up. I should have never gone up when it was not my turn. Um, but I would also like to say this. I don't know if you know Derek Sheen. Do you know Derek? I have not met Derek. Okay. Well, he uh, posted this thing basically the day afterwards. And he was like, everybody, please stop ruining comedy for me. And I was the first comment. And I was like, my bad. And he was like, basically, what you did was really, really stupid. I like you, man. But I'm really disappointed. And I appreciated that criticism from Derek. Because it wasn't like, I hate you, you're a rapist. It was like, what you did was dumb. I'm disappointed in you. Don't do it again. So, thank you, Derek Sheen, for your criticism. I'm glad you said that, Jordan, and we're going to end it there. Because I I really, I think when you talk to people the right way like that, that that's the best way for somebody to learn. And so, I... I think uh, I hope you continue to grow and learn and do comedy. And like I said, at the end of the day, don't beat yourself up about this. Uh, I really appreciate you doing the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much, man. Congratulations again. That's awesome for you. I appreciate it. We will be talking in the future, sir. Okay. Take care. All right, you too.